Hi. <laughs> Thank you for the lovely applause. <laughs> cool. All right. Let me just get myself all sorted. <laughs> sorted. All right. <laughs> awesome. Um, okay. I haven't really thought about how I'm going to start, but I might just start with just quickly talking about just the youth real quickly. This hasn't got really anything to do with my message, but as Sam was announcing it, um, I just wanted to further push that, like promote that as well. Um, me and Sam both head it up, we, we direct it, and um, just uh, recently we, we kind of like got together to kind of plan the term and prayed about the youth and, and some of this stuff, and God gave us this really cool scripture, which I want to read, um, and this is, this is our heart for the youth. So if you have young people that don't go there, this is, this is like what the, the purpose and the, the point of what we do there. And I, we got this scripture in, um, from Jeremiah chapter 32, uh, verses thir- chapter 32, verses 38 to 40. And, um, and this is kind of like our heart, what, what we believe God's doing. And he says in Jeremiah 32, 38 to 40, they will be my people and I will be their God. And I will give them one heart and one purpose to worship me forever for their own good and for the good of all their descendants. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good for them. I will put a desire in their hearts to worship me and they will never leave me. How cool is that? And I know that that was a promise to Israel, but I just felt like that was what he, was, what's, what he wants to do in the young people. And I just have this like, this dream which comes from his heart, so it's his dream, that the young people will know him all the days of their life and not depart. And that is my dream for, for and that is God's dream for them, that they will like, that they will know him all the days of their life, that they will serve him all the days of their life. And um, I just think that's awesome. And that's, that's, how, that's what we're going after, that the, the ones that come, they get like impregnated with an eternal seed you know, everlasting seed, and, um, and so that's really cool. All right, so um, I'm, I'm, last time I got up here and spoke, I, I, I preached about faith, and I didn't get the whole way through, um, so I'm just going to kind of carry on kind of where I left off, but I will, I will do a, a recap, and I don't know if any of you have noticed, but, but like lately faith has been coming from the pulpit like week after week in various different forms. Man, God is on this right now. And, and I just got this scripture from Luke chapter 18. And um, it's one to eight, but the verse eight is the one that I'm really like kind of honing in on. And it's that uh, Pastor Kim actually preached this same verse just recently. And it's... Um, about the, the, the lady that's going up to the judge um, and he's called the wicked judge for justice and she keeps going back to this guy going, give me justice, give me justice, give me justice. And the dude's like, I'm sick of hearing from this woman. I don't care about her circumstances, her situation or her at all, but I will give her justice just so she will leave me alone. Um, that's the wicked judge and, 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 and the verse is talking about like God who is just and who is full of mercy and love and cares about you. Like how much more is he going to respond 
to, to that kind of persistence. And then, and then verse 8 says, God will give swift justice to those who don't give up. So be ever praying, ever expecting in the same way as the widow. And then this is the part that really caught my attention. Even so, oh, thanks, bro. I had like this giant jug of water at the back and I was too embarrassed to bring it up because it <laughs> takes up like this whole <laughs> section. <laughs> Um, so, so, so in verse 8, so, so even so, when the Son of Man come, comes back, will he find this kind of undying faith on earth? Isn't that crazy? What's Jesus looking for when he returns? What's he looking for? Like, he's like sitting up there going, I wonder if when I return, I'm going to see everything that I hoped in these people, in my people. Will I find this kind of undying faith? What does undying faith mean? It does not get discouraged. It does not get discouraged. It does not get beat down. It does not get like, like a flame that's put out. Like does, it, it does not stop. And why wouldn't faith stop? Because it believes that it's going to actually receive what it's been put to. And so that's crazy. What's he looking for in me when he returns? Does this guy have undying faith? And, and in the word of God, it says that he's returning for like a, a, like a beautiful bride, like a glorified bride. And that's part of that because like a powerful, glorified, beautiful bride is operating in what Jesus has like kind of like modeled with his time on earth. And so that's really cool. I was like, I was like amazed when I, even though I knew that scripture I was amazed when I read it. I'm like, even so, when I, when, when I come back, will I find this kind of faith? It's almost like it sounds like he's hoping for it, but he believes in you. You know, he believes in you. He really does. Um, and so I'm just going to do a quick recap. Last time I spoke, um, uh, I really, I just started just like talking about what faith is um, and, and just like that whole, like, I don't know, just the journey of of, uh, of growing in faith or even just learning how to use the faith we have. You know that you have faith? You have it? And, and so, like, sometimes we, we, when we've got something, we just need to learn how to use it as well. And I'm just going to also say this, that um, there, there has never been a, a message preached from this stage that wasn't for me. And, and even more so than the words that I'm speaking myself. Like the words that I speak are the ones that usually convict me the most. It's the thing that God's saying, hey, this is what I'm expecting from you. And that's why the word gets into my heart because he's speaking to me about it. Um, so it's, it's, it's me that needs this just as much as everyone else does. Um, so recap. So I spoke about faith. Faith comes by hearing. And so in Romans 10, 17, uh, did I write it down? It, it's that... Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Um, you can write Romans 10, 17 down if you want. And I'm just going to quickly read through the, the dot points to, to recap. Um, faith acts as a key which pulls heaven's realities into earth. Um, and, and that was um, in reference to that dream that I had, which I'm not going to share again. But faith acts as a key which pulls heaven's realities into earth. Uh, there isn't a single conceivable need that heaven can't meet or isn't stocked for. This speaks of God's will or willingness to meet needs. 
We are called to be supernatural philanthropists. So this is why faith's important, guys, because we can't actually hit any of these goals without it. We're called to be supernatural philanthropists. You know, guys, as a Christian, it's not your calling just to be a good, nice person that does right. That is low level. That is that is low level. Like a good, nice person that does not that that just that that that, that is like kind. You know, that is low level. That's like the entry point. That's just what happens when you hang around him. You know, that is seriously like if that's your goal as a Christian, just to do good to be nice and, and, to, and to, like, make sure that I don't sin, bro, <laughs> come on, there's so much more than that. And if that offends you, too bad, because that's the truth. <laughs> so we are called to be supernatural philanthropists. Our resources aren't limited to finances, the laws of physics, nature, space, or time. Why aren't our resources limited to any of that stuff because our resource is the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit who is the Holy Spirit he's the one that God used when he formed the earth by his spirit and by his word the world was formed and created everything that exists exists by and through his word and his spirit that is your resource there is no limit to what God can do through you by faith and so like that challenges me and that scares me because I don't see that very often I might see like glimpses of it but in my own personal life I'm like man I know there is so much more there is so much more and so I got to level up I've got to go after this um and this is cool because it's like a kind of purpose like if you feel like you don't have any purpose just make this your purpose for now God increase my faith Grow me, grow me in faith. Let, show me what it looks like to be a person on the earth like that, that has great faith. What, does that, what, can I, what can you do with one life that has awesome faith? And I can think of like heaps of current examples and stuff like that. I don't know if you guys have heard of a man named like David, David Hogan, is it? Yeah, man, that dude is wild. Wild. And there's so many people like him. And that's just like honestly a glimpse of what God really wants to do with people you know um so we must learn uh so we're not limited by resource we must learn how to make withdrawals from heaven's resources God is not moved by need he's moved by faith and so he's like actually counting on you to to access what he has in the heavenly realms for here on earth right now you know when when Jesus fed like the the 10,000 he just made a withdrawal on heaven's resources. He, he, I love Brad's word the other week as well about, like, about seed and, and, and just planting a seed and using what you've got. Like just sow a seed. Jesus sowed a seed. Of, of, he sowed someone else's seed. He stole bread off some child. <laughs> it, was, it was offered up. The, the, actually, the young boy planted a seed. And by faith, like heaven's resources got all over that. And so that's actually what it looks like to make a transaction on heaven, partnering with seed. It's really cool. Um, and so faith comes from being persuaded of God's will. Now, do you remember like that, that faith is divine persuasion? When you have been divinely persuaded of truth. So you re- I don't know if you've ever read a scripture before and, 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 and like, or you, you know of a scripture, you've read it like 
10,000 times and it's like, that's cool. But then one day something happens and you, and it just hits different. Like Scott, the other day, Scott Slinger last, last week, I think it was, he was saying like, that, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only, that, and it's like, it hit different. Is that right, Scott? And what's happened is like, he's been divinely persuaded of something that he's already known about. But something different has happened on the inside of him because it's like faith came by hearing. And, and so it just it changes, you know, it, it makes things different. So faith has been divinely persuaded um, of, of his will, of his reality, of his truth. Um, and it's more than just being divinely persuaded, but that's just one angle that we're looking at it because faith is also like a substance. It's, it's, it has substance. It's not like, it's not just my, there's something to it. It's substance. It's re- it's like presence. It's like anointing. You know, it's substance. Um, faith is distinct from human belief and confident. It's distinct from human belief and confidence. Yet it involves it. So what we believe and and the faith God birthed in us work together. Your belief system must agree with God's will. Or by believing, you are persuaded. Um, and so I just remember one time. Uh, I was like, I was asking about like, God, how do I hear your, your voice better? Like, I want to learn to hear your voice better. Who's actually, who doesn't always like want to hear God's voice better? Everyone wants to hear God's voice better. Like, and, but I was like, man, I want to hear God's voice better. Cause like I, I read the word of God and, and, and the examples of, of the people in there. It's like, God spoke to Joshua and he said, march around the wall seven times. And then on the seventh day, do it like, seven times in that day um how do you hear that you know what i mean like that's like so specific and i'm like god i want to hear you like that how how helpful would that be in life you know (laughs) and not just in your own life but how help like that was for a nation and so i was just like i was like god i want to be able to hear you that way and i don't believe that it's exclusive I just believe that if, if, if like, because the scripture says that if you knock and you keep on knocking, that door is going to be open. And so that's just the way that I believe that. I'm like, I believe that I can hear you like that. But I also know that there's steps that I need to take. And, um, and so I was just saying, God, just I want to hear you better. And, and I got drawn to this scripture um, that, that my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. And I was like, Okay, that doesn't really help me. That's, how, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> it's like I'm saying I want to hear your voice better and you're saying that like my sheep know my voice and I don't see how it helps me. And then there was this like, like prophetic lady that was um, visiting the church around that time. Um, I don't know who was here when Mama Jenkins visited. That lady was scary. Like, <laughs> she, <laughs> she was scary, man. The way that she heard God was like scary. And, and so like... Um, some of the youth were like asking her some questions we got the opportunity to, to sit down and ask her some questions and my question is like because she could hear God the way that I wanted to <laughs> and I said how do you hear God's voice better guess what she said my sheep know my voice <laughs> and the voice of a stranger they will not follow and I was offended when she said that because I literally thought, I'm like, I knew that. Like, I literally just read that the other day. And then I got scared. I'm like, she probably just heard what I thought. Like, that's kind of the, that's the kind of lady that she was. Like, it was, she was full on. And, and so I went home a little bit offended with that. And, and I'm like, just thinking about what she said. Like, my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. 
And then I just felt like, which is crazy because I'm trying to hear the voice of God better, but the whole time I'm hearing him directing me just in ways that I don't recognize. And then I felt the Holy Spirit say, no, she's right and you're wrong. (laughs) And so I looked at the scripture and I'm like, my sheep know my voice. And this is like, I'm just journeying out what it looks like to actually partner in believing what the word says, by the way. That's the point of this. (laughs) It's just, I'm not just saying it for no reason. Um, And so my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger I will not follow. I came to a conclusion. Either that's the truth or it's not. Either it's the truth or it's not. And if it's the truth, then I've got to ask myself the next question. Am I his sheep? I wholeheartedly believe that I've given my whole life to him. I am his sheep. So there's nothing left for it. It's that if I'm his sheep, and that's the truth, then that is the truth, and I hear his voice. And so I made a decision that day, I am his sheep, I hear his voice. Even though it did not feel like it, God, where's my wallet? And then you think, like, it's under the couch, and I look there, and it's not there. I don't know if you've had that experience before. (laughs) And so those experiences happen, but the truth is, is I'm his sheep, and I hear his voice. And I'm just got to dial it in. And so that day I partnered my belief system with what the word of God said and then faith began to come. And so I would just try it out. When I thought that I heard God saying it, I thought, man, I, it can either be right or wrong. So I'm just going to give it a shot anyway. And you know what I found is more often than not, it was him. But sometimes it wasn't because there was a learning process still, you know. Um, as I got to know him better, I got to know his voice more. Um, and it, like the other, so do, do you see what I'm saying? I partnered, my, my belief system partnered up with the word of God and then faith. I started to become divinely, I began to become persuaded by that scripture. It wasn't just like I had to choose to believe it. Now I'm like, actually, that's the truth. I'm persuaded now. And I'm still hard, very much on that journey. Although good news is this morning I was looking for my phone and I said, God, you know where my phone is. You can show me. And so, like, I thought, got the thought of where it was, and it was there. So, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Progress. <laughs> so, that point was faith is distinct from human belief and confidence, yet it involves it. What we believe and the faith God birthed in us work together. Your belief system must agree with God's will, or by believing, you are persuaded. Um, and, and then the scripture reference for that is Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So Abraham's belief credited to him as righteousness. And what was Abraham known for? His faith. That's why God was so pleased with Abraham. That's why Abraham was called his friend, because of faith. It's a certificate of warranty assuring us God's will is inevitable. Why? Because faith will bring it into this reality. So substance of things, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for. You know, like a warranty, it's like, man, if this thing fails, you can just take this warranty and you're going to get it replaced. It's, a, it's like a guarantee. Faith is a guarantee of the word of God. How full on is that? Faith is a guarantee. It's a guarantee. All right, so that's pretty much where I got to. 
last time. And then what I was going to start talking about, I think I might have just briefly skimmed on it, is like now that we're kind of we're learning what faith is, but like how do we use it? How do we do something with it? And how do we kind of grow in that? And so the, the first scripture that always comes to mind when talking about the, the outwork of faith is, is that faith without love and action is fruitless. Oh, I've, I've kind of like put those together as two scriptures. Faith without love and actions, actions is fruit, fruitless. So faith works by love. I'm going to get into the scriptures later. Faith works by love. And I've paraphrased and I said faith dies without action. Not that it dies, but it's like it's dormant. It's, it's inactive. It's like a seed that's in the ground and it hasn't had any rain and it hasn't had any water. So nothing's going to come of it. You know, it's not dead, but it is as good as dead. So faith dies without action, and God's love inspires action. So in John 3.16, God's love inspires action. For God so loved the world, he did something. God's love inspired action. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And then in in James 2.15, that if you see a widow, you see like a person and they're naked and they're hungry and you say, I hope you get clothed and I hope you get food, but you do nothing about it, then your faith is phony, is what it basically says. And so so love inspires action. So that's why faith works by love. Um, So faith works by love. Galatians 5.6. did I write it down or do I have to look it up? Oh, I've written it down. Who wants to, so if you want to, you can turn to Galatians 5, 6, or you can just like make a note of it, whatever you prefer to do. Um, we're going to just quickly look at that scripture. Faith works by love. So when you're joined to the anointed one, circumcision and religious obligations, and I put in brackets here, self-effort and striving. So circumcision, religious obligations, that's like, Self-effort and striving, that's like works of the flesh, uh, can benefit you nothing. So when you're joined to the anointed one, all that stuff doesn't really benefit you a whole lot. All that matters now is living in the faith, divine persuasion that works and expresses itself through love. So um, I believe that we need to be convinced of two things when, like regarding this scripture and regarding that faith works by love. I believe we need to be convinced of two things, that God loves us. You need to be convinced that God loves you. Um, I think I was going to get LJ to share a testimony, but right now she's feeding a child, so that might have to wait for a moment. Um, so we need to be convinced that God loves us. He loves you. He loves me. He loves us. I want you to say, God loves me. And if that was true, what would that look like in your life? Think about that for a moment. If God really loved you, what would that look like for you? You know what it does look like? It looks like that he gave his only son, that you could actually have connection with him, that you could actually have his presence live on the inside of you, that you would never be separated from him again, and that you're going to spend eternity with him forever. He loves you, man. (laughs) And he didn't have to do a, a, a lick of it, but he wanted to. And that God loves other people. So we need to be convinced that he loves me, you, he loves me, and he loves them. You have to be convinced of that. Um, I think it's easy to believe that God loves others, um, but sometimes it can be hard to believe that God loves me. 
That's me personally. And I think the reason for that is because you know yourself pretty well. You know every thought that you've had. Oh, look, we've got the testimony coming. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, yeah, come up. So this is about like faith works by love, by the way. So LJ's just going to kind of interject and, and share a really cool testimony about a journey that she had of discovering that. Um, and this is Kaya, by the way. So LJ is my wife, if you didn't know already. And Kaya is one of three. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. There we go. Um, yeah, so just it's just a testimony um, that, yeah, one of many that God did in my um, labor and childbirth and all the rest of it. And there was, um, there was this was with this particular one was with Kaya and there was some confessions I was declaring over my birth. I was declaring things like, I will have a pain-free childbirth. I will labor in peace. I will labor in joy. These were the kind of, these were, those were the main three ones that I would declare. And just any time that fear or anything against that would come, I would just declare that instead. So I would just refute those thoughts every time. And and um, and I just had so much hope and ex- expectation in my heart for what was, God was going to do. And what was actually really beautiful is, um, so we actually, she was breached, so she actually had to be manually turned. And I just remember, like, I went that day to the procedure and all of a sudden this fear tried to come against everything that I had been believing. And then um, I actually just began to just meditate in the Word. I turned some worship music on while I was waiting for the doctor. And um, all of a sudden, it was the, the whole song was all about the cross and the sacrifice and how much he loves us. And all of a sudden, I just got hit with the love of God, like in the middle of the hospital, like I'm in the, in the room. And I was just began to bore my eyes out and just, just, the, just the absolute love of God. I just, it was just so heavy and so weighty. And it was so unexpected. I was just, it was just hit me from nowhere. And, and, and it was, anyway, it was just this beautiful moment. And the Holy Spirit was just began to speak to me about how my faith actually works through and Pastor Kim has said this many times through the knowledge of how much he loves me and all of a sudden I had faith and I had that expectation after that after that incident and the whole procedure went beautifully and it all actually worked and it was amazing because this the, anyway low chances of it even like working and it worked and God was just so good so that's a testimony itself but after that all of a sudden Holy Spirit said, I want you to change your confessions. And my confessions, I just began to actually say, because he loves me, I will labor pain-free. Because he loves me, I will labor in joy. Because he loves me, I will labor in peace. And that just changed it. Like it, there, was just, there, was just, there was just this breakthrough moment in, in my revelation that I'm just like, it's because he loves me that I can receive this. No other reason. Because he just loves me. He wants me to have it because he just loves me. He wants me to have, he wants me to encounter his, um, yeah, his mercy and his, and his um, gift of just, and I had the most beautiful birth with her. I had everything that I declared over her. Um, It was just, it was amazing. And it was just, and I just know that, yeah, there was just this understanding, like I've never had it before through experience, but my faith was working because I just knew he loved me so much. Um, And then that was that, just that fresh encounter that he gave me of his love, um, which was just so good. I just want to quickly read this quote um, by Bill Johnson that I just really just goes with it. It says, Great faith doesn't come out of great effort, but out of great surrender. And it was just so beautiful because God just just broke off any works mentality that I had been previously kind of didn't, wasn't even aware of, but he just broke that off just by that revelation of his love. There was no great effort in There was just this surrender. God, I just surrender to the love that you have for me 
And I know that's why that I'm going to receive what you've promised because you just love me. It's just simple. It's just not, it's not hard. It's not, there's no great effort in it. It's a surrender to the love of God. That's just how beautiful and how simple it is. And he's just so good. So I just, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, what I experienced. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Bye-bye. So that, that was awesome. And, And like, it really was miraculous, by the way, guys. And the, the, the fact, like, some people might have been thinking, like, why, why would you even be believing for that? And because when sin came into the world, one of the things that came with the curse was that women, you'll birth in pain. And so we thought, well, Jesus paid for that, that we wouldn't have to be under that curse. And so why not go after it? why not (laughs) what do you got to lose you know (laughs) you got nothing to lose and so the first two she kind of like experienced some breakthrough but didn't get everything that she'd been believing for and then with Kaya it was when she understood God's love for her that the real breakthrough came and she literally birthed without pain she said the most painful part of it was when they were trying to remove the placenta afterwards because (laughs) she didn't she wasn't like that. That was it. Everything else was like without any pain. She didn't nothing. It was awesome. It was like miraculous. Um, but she fought for it. She was persistent. And even though she was discouraged the first couple times with different things, even though there was breakthrough there too, she knew that there was like a, a promise in the word of God and she wanted it. And if there's a promise in the word of God and you want it, get it. Get it. Just get it by faith even if it takes your whole life get it <laughs> awesome so uh faith works by love um so sometimes it's it's, it's harder it's it's easier to believe that he loves other people but not yourself and honestly that's just something you have to get over <laughs> you just have to you just got to get over that like um his his love and his mer- his mercy his forgiveness and his grace is like, you can't even compare it to anything that you've experienced from another person. It's just way, way beyond that. It's way beyond that. And you know what's so cool is that he, he like when he created you, he, 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 he created this perfect person. And he never stopped seeing you that way. And so who he loves is actually who you are. And when he looks at you, he looks at your heart and there might be all these layers of like from, from trauma and from experience and from mistakes and whatever it is, there's layers. But he just sees straight through them like they're not even there and he just sees this golden radiating heart. And it's like a piece of him. It's like he's put a part of him in you and it's perfect and it's who you are. And that's how he sees you and that's how much he loves you. So he's not caught up with, you know, like having toddlers, I kind of like get a little, I get it a little bit. Like having a toddler, that toddler does not deserve my love. I tell you what, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they do not deserve my love, but I love them. It doesn't matter how many things they smash and how much stuff they get into and the stuff that they do and the... The, the man they can talk back when especially like especially if they are gifted with language they can like <laughs> <laughs> it's like 
They don't deserve my love, but I love them so much. You know what I mean? And how much, like, that's just like God. <laughs> he, he might look at a person and say, they do not deserve my love, but I just can't help it. <laughs> They're amazing. So, so be convinced, like, just be convinced of his love for you and, and, and for people. Um, and, and you know how you get convinced is just the word of God convinces you. The word, I've put down here just one example. If I'm going after something, I know there's like usually like 10,000 verses in the Bible that might be relevant, but I just need one. I just need one. <laughs> and I don't, like, I don't have to search the whole word to find like every single one and to declare all of them, which is great too, by the way. But I, if I can just get one and I can just like hook into that one and just really be convinced of it, that's all I need. I just need one. And so like, Luke 11, let me ask you this. Do you know of any father who would give his son a snake on a plate when he asked for a, for a serving of fish? Of course not. Do you know of any father who would give his daughter a spider when she asked for an egg? Of course not. If imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need, how much more will the perfect heavenly father give the Holy Spirit's fullness when his children ask him? And that's like, man, that's saying like, I've got you covered. I love you and I am the perfect father. And, and you do a good job of it and you're evil. It literally says that about you. You do a good job of it and, and, and you're not perfect. But I am perfect and I love you. And so if I can just believe that one scripture, I'm good for life. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm good for life. Um, 1 Corinthians uh, 13 verses 4. So... If love, if faith works by love, then let's kind of like get a little bit of a grasp on what love looks like and what love is. So I'm just going to read from the love chapter, as they call it, in, in 1 Corinthians 13. Um, so love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best of others. And I really like that one, by the way. And then this one at the end just smells like faith. <laughs> Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. And in all of that, faith is active. In that mindset and in that mentality and in that approach, like that, that script, that that part here for, for um, love is a safe place for it never stops believing the best of others. I remember one time I was just having issue with somebody or something, somebody, and I was just offended and I didn't want to be offended. And, and then the Holy Spirit said, love believes the best of other people. And I said, yeah, but they did it on purpose. So there's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, sometimes you try to rationalize it, like, oh, they didn't know better, but this person knew better. <laughs> and God said, that's not what that means. 
And I'm like, well, what does it mean then? <laughs> and he says, the best of every person is the person that I created them to be. Like, I have a blueprint of who they are. And if they're not operating within the perimeters of that blueprint, that's not the best that they are. Does that make sense? And so if they were operating fully in the blueprint of who I created them to be, they wouldn't have done that. And that's the standard I have to hold them to or like that I have to believe of them. I'm like, man, if they were in that place right now and by, for whatever reason they're not and that's not to be held against them, they wouldn't have done that so I can forgive them. Isn't that crazy? That's a whole other level of I believe the best of that person. It's like they, there's actually there's no more room for offense anymore. And so like forgiveness became easy as long as I looked at it from that lens. But if I didn't, then it wasn't easy. And that's like faith is all over that, by the way. Like faith is all on that. And that is such freedom when you can live from that place and you know that you don't get offended anymore because you've got something that you've hooked yourself into. You've got that, that, that lens of love. Now I'm probably going to get an opportunity to get offended this week now that I've said that. <laughs> awesome. In 1 Corinthians 13, 13, until then, there are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love. Yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. So faith has been grouped together with, with love and hope in, in this scripture at the end of, at the, end of the love chapter. It partners love with faith, but it says love's better. And, and so why is love, and why does love surpass it all? Why does love, like, on, on top of faith, why is love greater than faith and greater than hope? Because faith and hope have an expiration date. Faith and hope will expire one day. Because when we all go to be with him, we don't need faith anymore. We've got him. We don't need hope anymore. He is hope. We've got him. We don't need any of that. But you know what we, ha- we do? Need? We need love. Love is eternal. And faith and hope has an expiration date. But love is eternal. So love actually it like births faith and it births hope. It comes from there because it comes from the eternal realm. Isn't that awesome? So faith, hope, and love, they have a shelf life and one day they'll um, come to an end. Love is eternal, so faith springs from love. Um, and what I'd been like discovering while I was kind of like kind of studying up about faith more um, is is that if I don't know him, I can't have faith. If I'm not connected and in a relationship with him, if I, outside of relationship with God, like I don't even have faith. And what, does, what, what do you mean by that? Like it says that faith, first of all, like what I spoke about before, faith comes by hearing. And so like if I'm not in relationship with him, I ain't hearing him. I'm not, even if he's speaking to me, I'm not hearing him. And so I can't have faith if I don't have relationship with him. If I don't have relationship with him, I don't have love. I don't have it to give and I haven't received from him yet, even though he does love me. But I haven't received it, so I'm not going to be able to even operate. I'm not even going to be able to. Faith will not work in me because I'm unconnected. I, I don't have relationship. And I remember when I got born again, like, 
before I got born again, like my parents raised me really well. They were awesome parents and, and they raised me the best that they could, taught me what was right and all that kind of thing. But you know, like this is just me being honest. I didn't do the right thing because I had conviction of heart. I did the right thing because I didn't want to get in trouble. <laughs> and that's the truth. I wasn't motivated by connection, even though like that would have been better. I just wasn't. I'm just being honest. I wasn't motivated by that. If, like, if my impulse, like if what I wanted to do was more appealing than the fear of the consequence, I did it. Yep. Like I just did. I was like, I did. I'm like, you know what? If I do this, I'm probably going to get a smack because I used to get smacked. <laughs> and I don't, like that's, that's good. I used to get smacked. If I do this, I'm going to get a smack. I don't care. This looks more fun. I can, I can deal with 30 seconds of pain. <laughs> That was, my, that was my mentality growing up. But, you know, when I got born again, I discovered what it was like to, to, to do right because of love and because of connection and because of, like, conviction of heart. And so I, I, I got born again and I started this journey and this relationship with God and I discovered, man, he loves me so much and it's awesome and it's great and, and it's changing my life. And, and now my goal, this is literally what, what I said when I got saved, when I got born again, I said, I don't care if it takes me the rest of my life, I will know you. That's what, that, that is my, my goal in life is I will know you. And, um, and, and that doesn't change, you know, even when I go to heaven because there's angels that have been there for eternity and every time they go around him, they learn something new about him. So, like, even when I think I know him, I really don't. <laughs> like, I really don't because he's just so vast. But that's what I, like, I, can, I will know you. And, and part of I will know you meant that I needed to be in, like, relationship with you. I needed to be connected with you. And, and I learned that he, had, that he had a heart and that the things that I did, it mattered to him. Like, he wanted to fill me with his spirit and he wanted his anointing to rest on me. And, and the decisions that I made, like, impacted, like, his anointing on my life. And I wanted that. I wanted that. The, the things that I thought, the things that I did, it impacted my connection with him like a, like a, like a normal person, you know? And so it didn't stop him from loving me and it didn't stop access to him, but it seared my conscious. So the issue was then on my part. Like I had to navigate all of that. And, um, and so he would say things like if I was like making a joke about, because I was in high school when that happened, if I was like making a joke about someone, which I wouldn't have cared about before because I was like, I would be like, it was more important for me to get a laugh than like how that person felt kind of thing. But then God would speak to me, said, that, that person matters to me. Like what's more important, like my opinion about them or that these people get a laugh? And he started to instruct my heart, you know, and then love started to actually be formed in me because I was loved. And so I understood what it was that he loves them too. So, so like love, he began to instruct me in love. And outside of relationship, I couldn't operate that way. I couldn't. I could be a good person still. I could make good choices. But it's not the love of God. The love of God is different. Um, and we're out of time now. So um, I'm just going to finish it with that, I guess. Um, faith and hope have a shelf life. And then and love... Outside of connection and relationship, we're just not going to be able to experience. Is that the right time? Yeah, it is the right time. Um, 
yeah, connection with him is a platform. <laughs> I've just kind of lost my way, but that's so good. Um, awesome. I'm just going to pray. We just thank you so much, God. I, I, I love that. Like, I get excited that, that you're putting faith so strong on the heart of your church right now because I know that there's something so exciting in the horizon. Um, and Father, I just thank you that it isn't hard. Faith isn't actually hard. It's just a choice. And, and I just thank you that there is grace, Lord God. And, and uh, I just ask right now, Father, that you just like inspire us to, to go after the crazy thing by faith, to not be afraid of being disappointed because you do not disappoint. Faith never fails because it never takes failure as defeat. How's that? Faith never fails because it doesn't take failure as defeat. And so we just thank you, Father, that you're putting that in the heart of the church, that you've got incredible things in store and that it's going to be a work of your spirit, that there is a grace for this, Lord. And we're just, gonna, we're just so excited for the testimonies ahead of us, like that we get to declare and testify to the world of how awesome you are because of what you've done and because of what you are doing. We just thank you, Father, that we are becoming these supernatural philanthropists, that we are becoming the very solution that the governments are looking for in this nation. God, that's, that's, that is a word for the church, that you are becoming the solution in this nation that the government's looking for. You're becoming the answer. And so we just receive that, Father, and we just say, like, let it be unto us, Lord God. Do it in, in, in my heart and do it in, in, in my lifetime. In Jesus' name. Awesome. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs>